podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Raw, The Fight Within, a brand new podcast series hosted by me, Coogan Cassius. Over the course of the series, I'll be sitting down with some of the most high-profile figures from the world of boxing, including fighters, trainers and promoters, in order to dig a little deeper and understand their own personal stories. This podcast is about much more than simply what happens inside the ring. It's about the journey, the sacrifices, the agony, the ecstasy, the highs, the lows, the tears and the fears. It's about getting to know the person. Thank you for tuning in and I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, be sure to like, comment and subscribe. This podcast is suitable for over 18s only as it may contain adult content and explicit language. Well, this week I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by my long-term friend, known you for quite some time, um, Amir Khan. Welcome to the Raw Podcast. Different type of interview because you usually have me driving you mad over the years, asking you about this fight, that fight, but it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a little bit different, obviously. Um, it's normally, I know you as Coogan, the guy to ask all the hard questions when it comes to fights. Um, also, when it comes to myself, my career and everything. But now, being a retired fighter... I think I'm sure the interview is going to be a little bit different. Let's try and make it different. Definitely. Right, I'm going to ease you in, Amir, into this. Uh, we're going to try and step out the, the, the box of boxing, if you like. And, uh, yeah. But we're going to start with a little bit about boxing. And I know a lot of people probably know certain aspects of kind of why you started doing what you're doing. Yeah. But what, what were your kind of first ever memories from the sport of boxing? My first, couple of me- my first memory was of boxing when I walked into that boxing gym. And I smelt that blood, sweat, and, uh, and you know, that damp smell that you get in these gyms. I mean, my, the gym I was at was, a, was like, a, it was a gym in the under, 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 it was an underground of a factory. It was a really old one, a really dusty gym it was. But to be honest with you, they were the best gym because you got the blood, sweat, and tears. I could see, I can remember it was a winter day. And you know, when there's steam coming off the walls, because of all the, that's how hard we was working. And it was getting hot in there. But, um, I mean, wow, I mean, I do remember them days, and they were, that was my first big memory of boxing. What was the first fight that you ever attended, whether it was amateur or professional? Yeah. Do you remember the first time that you actually went to watch something that was live in person, if you I like? I don't remember watching a fight uh, live in person. I've been, the, the first memory I had of a fight was my own fight when I had my first amateur boxing fight. I was 11 years old, and it was in Stoke-on-Trent, and I remember it was in, like, in a really old place with like a pub and I remember the changing rooms were upstairs and it was really old and cold upstairs and uh, we came downstairs and there was there was clouds of smoke in the venue and I was literally walking to the ring and you know with smoke it goes up in the air and it stays in the skies in the, in the, around the ceiling time I mean and we were there boxing through the smoke and I won my first fight and I remember um, I was a little bit of a chubby kid but they were good good memories who, who was the first fighter that you, you remember seeing and what was it about them that you remember? What, always when people even ask me, I'm not obviously not a boxer, but the kind of person that got me into boxing, I always say it on this, is, was Prince Nassim Hamid yeah. originally. Uh, but for you, who was the first person that kind of drew you into the sport that you remember? You know what? I mean, no disrespect, I think it was Prince Nassim, Prince Nassim as well because the thing is, look, he was so flamboyant he was always, like, look, I love Muhammad Ali, but we only got into it by watching Nassim Hamed because he was live on Sky them days. He was live on television and he was, he was, all, he was making all the noise 
at that time. And obviously I was young and I just got into boxing. I was thinking, wow, this guy is, is, is really good. And um, I, started, I started loving the entertainment side of it. And that's what attracted me was the entertainment side. And then obviously the knockouts he was having and everything else. So yeah, no, no, there's no doubt that it was Nassim Hamed that got us into uh, boxing. Right, it's a bit of a fantasy question. Yeah. This is a question that we ask yeah. all the guests on, on this podcast every week. So there's no rules to this. I, make, I kind of make the rules up on this no. question every, yeah. uh, every week. Right. So imagine you in a, um, a fight club situation where it's, say it's a tag team. So it's Amir Khan yeah. and four other people right. against five other opponents. So you can, you're, you're in the ring, so it's boxing rules. Right. Who do you pick to go alongside Amir Khan uh, in the boxing ring, boxing rules. The you boxing don't. Rules, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it would be someone like Mike Tyson yeah. because he's so relentless. Pressure, power. I mean, put him right at the front because you have to. It takes a team to take him down. Yeah. Then obviously, if I'm in it myself, and then there'll be like we need someone quick. So we'll have someone. Um, I mean, even though I've got the speed, we'll have someone. You know, who's who's quite slick. Someone like Sugar Ray Leonard. That'd be amazing. Someone like Roy Jones there as well. I think on back side to side, and then. Um, then I think at the end, I'll have another probably heavyweight, which would be someone like George Foreman, because he was so hard-hitting. I mean, I was just seeing something on YouTube the other day, on t- sorry, Twitter the other day, that he knocked out his own lion. He sparked his own lion out. I mean, that's no joke. This is a full-bred lion, you know what I mean? Massive. And he had to knock him out because he went for his brother. I mean, that's, part, that's what he called power. So your, your boxing kind of ring team would be yourself... Mike Tyson, Sugar Ray Leonard, yeah. Roy, Jones, Roy Jones, and, um, Mike, and uh, George Foreman. And George Foreman? Yeah, at the end. You wouldn't even have to do any work in that, would you? Mate, I don't think I have to do anything. I was just thinking that I'll be at the end with my feet up, just chilling out. But I mean, what a, what a team that is. I mean, they are legends of legends, them guys. And what they did in the sport, you've got speed in the middle, you've got power in both ends. Then you've got me at the back with my feet up, chilling because I don't think they'll get to me. <laughs> right, slightly different, same question, but these, this is a street fight now. Now, we're not, I've oh, got to say, every, every week I've got to say the same thing. We're not endorsing yeah, yeah, any yeah. kind of street fight. This is a fantasy question. But yeah, yeah, yeah. if it was street rules, no weapons, but street kind of in a street environment, who are you picking? Are you going for a different uh, yeah, yeah, group I'm of people? Change that. Yeah, so you go for someone like, at the front, you go for someone like Mike Tyson still at the front. Next to him, you'll have someone like uh, Joe Fraser, who I think was a tough, tough man. Um, then I think you'll go on to probably someone like, um, let me think. Um, what is it there? See, when it comes to the other fighters, I think there's more good boxers than street fighters. Um, I'll put myself at the end again. I mean, I'll probably not even try to get involved in that, but you normally want to go for the heavyweights, you get me? So, so, so those who are rugged. They haven't got to be boxers. They could be literally well, anyone. 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 You could oh, pick people from UFC. You okay. could, a couple of people picked uh, Bruce Lee. Yeah, I was just going to say Bruce Lee as well. Put Bruce Lee in there. Put Jackie Chan in there as well. I mean, you got some... Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll put a couple of UFC. Put, put Conor McGregor, Khabib in there as well. Oh, my God. Now you're talking about anyone. I put Khabib in. I'll put Khabib. Mike Tyson, Khabib. Then I'll put Bruce Lee. Then I'll put... Um, I always like um, uh, Joe Fraser. I think he's a proper street fighter. He looked the type, you know what I mean? I put myself at the end. Well, I think you named about nine people there, but anyway, it don't matter. <laughs> I, think, I think after your first two, then it was game over. But yeah, I think you're doing that for minimal work as well. But loads of people have picked different people. But right. it's just, uh, it's interesting to see what ones you'd go with the, the boxing rules if you know they can only use their fists to 
kind of a street fight yeah. situation. Yeah, that's right, because, I mean, it's totally different. Street fighting is totally different to boxing. I mean, some guys might be, look, I can't pick someone like Floyd Mayweather in a, in a, in a fantasy match or someone like Manny Pacquiao because they're good on their feet, quick, bang, 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 and they get out. Even myself, man, I'm be the best in the street fight. You know what I mean? But the thing is, like, we do have balls. You know what I mean? We'd step in with anyone. We'd fight anyone. And one thing about street fight is the first one lands, bang. You know what I mean? So, so if it's a fantasy street fight, then, yeah, you love strong, rugged, tough men. That's why I would go. That's why I went for people like uh, Joe Fraser, Mike Tyson, uh, and, and, and someone like um, Khabib. I mean, they are tough, tough guys. All right. I'm going to stay away from your street team and boxing <laughs> team if, I'm, if I have a dream about that. Yeah. Um, Right, Amir, it's an interesting next question for you because you've spent the majority of your whole life involved in boxing, but do you ever think about, or can you think about, if you hadn't got into the whole business of boxing, whether it's a fighter, a training people, managing, whatever, everything you've kind of done, promoting, etc., what would you be doing now if Amir Khan had not got into the sport of boxing? You know, I don't know what I'd be doing. Honestly, like, I, I know I was always a hard-working a person and I went to university, I went to college. I was still in college when I came back from the Olympic Games you know, after winning the medal and everything else. But I knew that um, I needed to do something else just to fall back on. So I went into sports science. Uh, I was, I was going to go to Loughborough University. Uh, I got a scholarship there to do, finish my sports science uh, degree. And then I probably would have gone to sport, like sports uh, medicine, sports um, uh, nutrition and stuff like that because I was always into sporting things, you know what I mean? And I kind of educated myself when it came to dieting uh, and what I need to eat, how I need to train, how not to over overtrain, and how to get to your peak. So I think I was, would have always been involved in that. But to be honest with you, I probably would have to start at the bottom. I probably would have had to maybe gone to the supermarket, stack shelves up. Uh, I mean, that's no disrespect. Um, you know, we're having a normal job. Maybe, um, you know... Being a being a tea boy, I mean, look, you have to start somewhere in life, and I'm the one of them type of fighters, I'm one of them type of people. You can say, if I wasn't a fighter, that I would have worked from the bottom to to, to the top. I I always had ambitions, and since I was young, that I was gonna have nice cars, nice houses, and I'm a very determined a person where I love to train and work hard towards my goals. And my goal was to one day have nice houses like this, have have nice cars, and God's been kind. Like I'm 35, and I've achieved all my dreams. That like literally, there's not much to achieve that that I want to achieve, you know. Uh, so now I'm, I'm happy and I'm content. I mean, you know, when you talk about the things that you wanted, kind of the, to build yeah. a better life for, you obviously you didn't have the family you had yeah. back then that you do now with you, obviously beautiful kids, etc. But did you think that the way to getting that was through your your talent as a boxer and your kind of determination to succeed? Because there's one thing having talent, but actually putting it into practice is two different things. Yeah, definitely. Look at I had the talent, but then putting it to work, that was my hun- that was, that's why I was hungry, that I wanted to be the best, I wanted to achieve everything. For, I can have talent, but if you don't put the work into it, you're not going to get far. So I had to make sure that I'm doing it right, and everyone kind of hyped me. Yeah, Amir Khan's the next big thing. This is even before I made a pound. You know what I mean? This is in the Olympic Games. I wasn't getting paid much. I wasn't even getting paid anything. I was just getting paid like £500 every month I was getting, no, every three months I was getting paid £500 and that was just going to my, to buy a kit. But then I thought that's not going to, that's not much. So I had the hunger that if I want to be the best, if I want to achieve these things in life that I want, I have to work hard, make it to the top, not only just become a professional and make a couple of thousand pounds. That was not my, that was not my goal. I mean, that, I was not interested in that. I was, I was thinking about the big fights that were going to make me the five to tens of millions, which 
is a motivation. I mean, I'm not sounding big-headed about this, but um, everyone's different, and I was not happy making little money. I always wanted to make the big money because, you know, when I used to be, when I used to watch these fights and I used to be like, wow, they're making like 50 million, 20 million. Wow, one day I want to make that kind of money, you know? And, um, yeah, man, now I'm here. Do you remember the first ever, like, growing up or the first ever kind of serious argument or altercation you ever got into? Like, away from the boxing ring, nothing to do with boxing. Do you remember the first kind of time that stands in your mind over whether it was a fight you had as a kid or was just something yeah. that stuck in your mind? I mean, I got into, I got into many fights when I was young. I used to always get into trouble. Um, and used to be with the wrong crowd and get into trouble then. And I remember my dad telling me off all the time. Um, yes, I was, a wrong, I was a naughty kid when I was young. And obviously I had to go to court and stuff like that for misbehaving, for throwing eggs and stuff like that. You know, like I was just young and boisterous. I remember after school one day, uh, we were just messing about with a snowball, a snowball and eggs. We were just throwing at each other. And um, I, got, I got in trouble for that. And, um, and then there was another time where uh, I remember I, some, some kid punched me and I hit him back and I've still got the mark on my hand. If you look at my knuckle right there, there's a little dent right there. And, and, I, and, I, and I knocked him clean out and I got, I got in trouble for that as well because I should not have retaliated back. But obviously when someone punches you, you know, automatically you're going to react back and I hit him. Um, and I got, I got in trouble for that as well. So like, look, I've, I've had my bad days and I've learned from them not to ever make them again, you know, and, and not to ever experience them again. But um, look, there are temptations there. Look, I'm, I'm a fighter at the end of it. If someone on the streets pulls me over and says something to me or even starts on me, I switch, I switch. I'm, I'm, I'm a fighter, you know, that's the type of person I am. If someone punches me, I have to retaliate back. I have to hit him back, even though I know boxing teaches you not to throw a punch back. But sometimes you're in a situation where you might have to. And I know I can defend myself. Doesn't matter how big the person is, how small the guy is, and that's just me. You know what I mean? Um, but like I said, it's got me in trouble at times. Um, but it's what it is, and it's got me out of trouble at times as well. I've had tried to had things stolen from me. I've had, I've had uh, kids come to me and try to storm, steal my car, and I've had to I've had to beat them up. And and I've been on my own with like maybe six, five, six people in front of me. And I think um, being a trained fighter sometimes you might be put in that position where you have to protect your family, your, yourself as well. And I've, and I've had to do that, yeah. I mean, just listening as a, like a follow-up question from you talking about those situations when you were younger, where you, uh, like I said, wrong crowd um, and kind of got yourself in these situations. Did you ever grow up kind of before you kind of developed a skill for being a fighter? Did you ever feel like you were ever being, growing up, any levels of intimidation or, or was you bullied at any point in your yeah. life growing up? Well, 100%, but I was bullied when I was young. I remember in school I was getting bullied, man, by the couple of years above. They knew I was a boxer. They always wanted to have a go at me. They said, you think you're a boxer? I was coming in the newspapers them days uh, and a young champion and these kids would always like keep having the newspapers in in, in, in classroom and throwing it at me and saying, look, I bet we can have you fight, I bet we can beat you up. And I was young, I remember being bullied by people. I remember not, not if it, it wasn't one-on-one, it was like more like, I had like six, seven, eight, nine kids chasing me around school, trying to bully me. But then as I got older, I mean, I started to stand my ground a little bit. You know, one thing about bullying is that if you let them bully you, they'll always keep bullying you. But if you stand your ground, even if you get beaten up, they respect that and then, the bullies leave you alone because they know you're a stand-up guy. And um, yeah, 100%, being bullied is, is part of life. I think everyone goes through that in, in, in life. And I'm, I'm, I'm openly talking about it because it happened to me. But obviously, I had to fix that situation by standing up for myself. And I did.
Do you remember a time where you felt that you were, you were fighting a losing battle? Like there's something that was happening in your life that no matter what you were doing, it was still... 100%. Yeah. I mean, look, when I had that problem with my missus, I was fighting, 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 but I knew I was losing because deep, deep down she had done nothing wrong and I was just digging myself a deeper hole. And that's what kind of made me realise that, look, I need to stop because if I keep on saying this and doing this and doing that, I'm losing more friends, I'm losing... I'm losing respect for myself and people are going to start hating me because people the, out in the open, the truth is there. And, but I'm going against the truth. I'm going against everybody and I'm just, keeping my, I'm, I'm just saying X, Y and Z and digging myself a deeper hole. So that was the time when I realised that, look, I have to be very smart now. I cannot talk. And like I said, one of the best things I ever did then was going to I'm a Celebrity, the jungle where I was left alone. I was focused on what I needed to do and where I wanted to be in life. I might have burnt a lot of bridges. I might have lost a lot of friends. But you know what? Um, it was a wake-up call for me. I think I needed it at that time because, you know, when you're in a position where you're loved by so many people, you know, you feel invisible. You think that what I say will go and you've got so much power by having a massive social media tool. You end up, you end up um, using that the wrong way sometimes and that's what I did that time. I mean, when did you realise, I mean, again, following on from what you were saying there, that... It's not you and your kind of your your wife's relationship with with your kids yeah. was never a normal situation because you were so much under, including your wife, was always under the spotlight that you couldn't really lead a private life and you couldn't really kind of do the things that was perceived to be normal because everyone was always willing to kind of oh look look Amir Khan's whatever in the papers again etc. Yeah, I mean, look, I had to go through all that at the time because I was getting caught messing about with other women, I was getting stories sold on me. I was a bit young at the time and I was proper boisterous. I was getting myself into trouble blatantly and I was trusting people who would later then would, in a way, fuck me over. And um, and look, I mean, it takes a strong woman to stay with me with a man like that. I mean, look, I didn't do wrong, I'm not going to lie. Um, I was just young and boisterous and silly. But at the same time, um, I just we didn't want to miss out on my youth because I knew that these days were going to these days were going to come right back again. What, what would you say today, at 35 years old, a retired fighter, father, husband, etc., uh, son, right now, today, what are your everyday battles that you incur in your life, you know whether what? it's mentally or whatever it is? Look, everyone goes through that mental health, and I always go back to what people have said, you know, even, especially the close friends. You know when close friends say things to you, it hurts you. And they might be okay now with you, but when they've said things to you, you're this, you're that, you're that. And I don't want to say the words that they use against me, but you know, that eats me up every day. Till this day, it still eats me up. And I always think that, is that how people look at me? Is that how people see me? You know what I mean? And, um, I mean, yeah, it hurts you. I mean, like, look, when someone, calls, someone says to you, you're a nobody, you're a joke. I mean, you kind of start thinking that. Why do you keep saying that for? Maybe you must be doing something wrong. And, um, I mean, mentally, it does affect you. And then you're losing fights and... People say, you've got no chin or you're, you're shit and you're no good. And then that also gets to you. You know, I'm, this is why I was a fighter. And uh, even after your career, like, I still get loads of um, bad comments and stuff like that from people. But I don't do nothing wrong. I'm just like, I'm a retired fighter now. Leave me alone. You don't have to talk about me now. Like, you, it doesn't really matter. I'm never, ever going to put the gloves back on and fight. But, you know, it hurts you. I'm a human at the end of it. And they don't really know me personally. But, and I've had a lot of people come to me and they've met me and spoke to me and they've said, well, we never knew that you were this much of a humble guy. I'm just a fun, nice guy, man. I like to spend time with people. And I'm a love-caring person. I don't have no evilness in me. 
and I'm, and, 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 and it just, that's the type of person I am. And I think that's what, why God's always helped me. God's always been on my side. But at times, it does make you, it does upset you when these things happen, yeah. Well, what do you think has contributed to that perception about you? Because, like I said, you're in the bubble yeah. of your own world. So when you say you read things, etc., to do with, like, not just the boxing, but your personal life yeah. as well, when people are giving this kind of false perception about you, what, yeah. where do you think it comes from? You know, this comes from, obviously, being an Asian. I'm the only Asian that's got this far. And you never know, in British boxing and British world sport, I don't think there'll be any other Pakistani... British who go this far and um, you know all I had all that pressure and then uh, obviously being public with my marriage being public with my kids having a TV show um, being on I'm a celebrity TV I was on I was on that show, show I'm a celebrity so I'm, I'm reaching to a market which is not only boxing fans but outside I mean they just I'm just a normal like they see you as a see now I think your status has kind of changed because they just don't see you as a boxer now they see you as a celebrity which I didn't really want, but I just enjoy doing the TV work. I want people to see the real side of me. I want people to see me on TV shows talking about real things, normal things, because it's just me. And around boxing times, they see me. I had a different personality, 100%. had my opponent in front of me. I had to put that, I had to put that aggression and that, and, and that aggressive face on. I had to be disrespectful. But really, away from all that, I'm a normal family man. Literally, like I do normal things. God's been kind that I've got the f finances to buy nice things, that, which anyone would do in the world. If they had money, they would go and buy nice things. But at the same time, and, and look after their kids. And, 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 and hopefully, uh, I've done that well in the sport of boxing. I, I only, not only want to look after my kids, I want to look after their kids as well. I want to look after generations, my own family and everyone else have been looked after. So that'll make me happy and I'll always be remembered for that. You know what I mean? I'm that one that's always given back to my people. I mean, uh, listen, I've known you for a long time, I think over like 10, 11 years, and I think, you know, I've seen s snippets of obviously both sides of your, your kind of, your career and also from, from a personal side as well. But I always tell people that when you was on the jungle, I said, um, that was the, the, the closest you'll seeing to a real side of Amir Khan yeah. because we saw that kind of a little bit naive, a little bit vulnerable, a little bit silly. It was all that kind of different elements of your personality which people were seeing and, and thinking, what, is this what Khan's like? Because they're expecting some sort of different yeah. mentality. Yeah, 100%. And I think when, when they see the real side of me, I'm the, I'm the most loving person ever. You know, everyone I've met, they've loved me. I mean, they like me and they can't, can't believe. Because people are shocked. And it's not funny that, it's quite funny that everyone always says, we can't believe it was going to be like this. You're like, you're like this. I'm like, what do people expect me to be? I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm just simple and happy. I'm that type of guy. You know, even though boxing's done so much for me, but I appreciate what God's done for me. God's done so much for me, and he, God's put me on this platform, so I have to maximise it. But no, I will take time out to sit with the less fortunate people, the poor people. I've sat with them and ate with them. I do so much charity work that keeps me humble. I travel the world. I enjoy it at the same time. I enjoy myself, but at the same time, when I enjoy myself, I have to balance it with me doing charity work. I've sent a team to Pakistan. I've just been on a massive TV show, which will be out next year. So I've been doing a lot of things, man. And, you know, I feel blessed, honestly, more than anything. Then. And that's why everything now in life is a bonus for me. When people talk about what causes in life that they believe that are worth fighting for, a lot of people talk about, like you mentioned mental health there, but a lot of people talk about depression, a lot of people talk about... I don't know, climate change. A lot of people believe in something in their life. What is it for you? What is it for you 
that you believe worth fighting for that you feel passionate about? You know, I would love fighting for um, the, the truth and also fighting for the people in the world because, look, the, whenever there's a disaster, whenever there's, there's anything that's happening, any, any, any bad doings in the world, uh, say being racism or fights between religions, I'd like to be in the middle of that and make sure that I can, I can dissolve, I can, I can make it better. I can make the situation better. I like to be involved in stuff like that. And obviously, you know, um, it's the type of guy I am. I think I just like to, I like peace in life. I, I, I want to be happy. I want, I want to be content. But like I said, nowadays, living in this world, is, it's not easy. And I know where all the frustration comes from because when you, it's financial, maybe not secure. Maybe they've just been fired from a job. Maybe they've just had some, you know, and, and I think that's how the world works. But so everyone I see and I meet, I, I don't judge them. I always meet them being normal and I never ever judge them in a bad way because I don't know what they're going through and I never go too deep in, into someone's situation but I've spoke to many people in, 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 in around. Every day I speak to someone and I, there's a new topic we talk about but I can see in people by looking at someone's eyes that what pressures they're going in or if they're happy in real life but at the moment that the, the, the world we're living in at the moment I think everyone's going through a very tough time and this is where one we all together have to be there for these people. And everyone else, I mean, look, yourself, you might be going through some problems. I might be going through some problems. We all are going through some sort of problems, but it's about then having someone to speak to, having someone who you trust to speak to, also at the same time, not judging others. There are people who, there's people out there on social media who judge people, who talk bad about people, but they're going through the same problem themselves. I mean, this is where they need to think, to sit back and think that, you know, if they didn't talk about people like that, no one will talk about them. They would not be going through what they're going through. So it's about being good in life and being a good person. And that's one thing I've learned. Do you remember the last time you felt that you were fighting back tears? You know what, bro? You know, it's funny this. Um, you know, the last time I cried was when I was 13. And it was after I got beat in the finals of a, from a guy who I already beat. The guy's name was Bobby Ward from Repton Boxing Club. And I cried after that because it was a national final of the schoolboys. And just... Six months before that, I beat him unanimously. Maybe because I was confident and I cried that night because I wanted to become national champion. I wanted to have that badge on my shorts. After that, since then, after that, I literally won everything. But you know, there's, since then, I've never cried. And there has come times, look, bro, there's, there's been deaths in the family. There, we've lost family members. We've lost, uh, we, I've lost fights. Um, bro, I've never cried since then. And I hold it back. Um, and I know it's a bad thing not to cry because you, sometimes you do want to let it out. But I don't know. I mean, I just hold everything in. And I've had, because I've held it in for this long, I just feel like, no, nah, I'll never cry. Yeah. Is that to do with you as a person? Is it to do with, you, you made reference straight away as soon as I asked you that question about being 13. So that's obviously in your registers, in your brain as the last time you were able to cry. But if you're in that situation where you feel like, like you said, it hasn't all gone swimmingly for you. You and your family have gone through some horrendous stuff over the last few years, really bad stuff. Um, but is it, is it a mental block in you that doesn't allow you to be that emotional? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there's a mental block in there that doesn't want me to be emotional. But you know, some days you want to cry. I swear to God, you know, sometimes you want to cry and just let it out. But I can't, I can't do it. I just, I maybe I have to see someone. You know what I mean? I have to maybe have someone mentally talk to me. Look, boxing does change your life, man. I mean... It's mentally made me a tough guy, but I think it's made me too tough. I think I was too good for too tough for my own good. 
And I think that showed in my fighting skills, the way I fight, the way I am as a person. But I think I need to show that soft side as well, bitch. I kind of hold back and I don't want to show people because people everywhere know me as a fighter, as a tough guy, as a strong guy. I mean, when you saw me and I'm a celebrity, you probably saw, oh, you see me screaming and stuff because I'm, I was never ever put in that situation. But look, I wanna, there has to be a day when I do want one day have a little tear, have a cry. But like I said, I've never ever, no one's ever pulled it. So, how was you emotionally when your first child was born then? Mentally and emotionally, how was you? Do you remember? Yeah, I mean... I didn't cry when my child was born, and I thought I would, but I didn't. So, I understand when you say you didn't. Yeah, yeah it's normal. It's like, I knew that the, the wife was going to give birth. She gave birth to Lamaisa. I remember holding her um, and, and, and just seeing that, you know, it was just registering that this is my baby. This is for me. This is mine. You know what I mean? So it was just registering, and that's it, really. I didn't cry. I was happy, don't get me wrong, very happy. But, um, yeah, I wasn't crying. I never cry. I mean, that, I think, is... Yeah, I don't know why people cry because of that. You know? I don't know. Well, everyone's built differently, haven't yeah. they? Like, I thought I would, and I didn't, so I don't know. You're, you're a bit like me, bro. What? You're a bit like me. I don't think. I cried this morning when I couldn't get a parking space outside your gaff. Um, from everything you've achieved in your life, which you've achieved a lot, and I don't necessarily mean really to do with boxing, but I just mean... Your proudest achievements. Do you think that everything has come with a fight? Is there anything that's yeah. like I, I'm assuming you're going to tell me that nothing's been kind of given to you? You've had well, to nothing, fight for everything. I had to fight for everything. Yeah. Literally, had to fight for everything. Did nothing come easy to me, honestly. Like even the things that you think, like moving here to Dubai, buying a house here. I mean, when you were, where you, where I had to get the funding from from that, where I had to afford this, is by fighting, it was through my boxing. But even other things, uh, you know, had, had, had when I have when I have ups and downs with my family. I had a really massive, big fight with my family. I had to fight through that. I'm building a wedding hall. I had a massive fight for that to finish. Have a, everything has been hard in my life. Nothing's ever gone smooth. And I don't know why that is, because maybe I trust too many people too easily, and then I end up getting hurt by it, you know, if I see them do one little thing wrong. But look, um, I have to say that God's always watching over me, and I think everything that I've had problems with doing, it's always worked out well for me. Where does your fighting spirit come from? Where do you think that in yourself? Um, a lot of people talk yeah. about it's kind of inbred from them, from yeah. family roots, okay, etc. But yeah. for you, where does your fighting Look, spirit come I, I from? Come from? I think it comes from my parents, definitely, yeah. uh, the fighting route. But at the same time, it comes from... Look, I, I belong from a caste, which were warriors. The Rajput were the warriors, the fighters. I think it comes from that. I think if you go back in history, you do realise that. And I think that's where it comes from. Look, when you put me down, I, keep, I just keep coming back. I mean, I never like giving up. You know what I mean? I've had fights which I should never have taken in my life, but I've just come back and said, nah, it's wartime. I'm never going to give up. I'm going to war. And that's the way it's been. But, I mean, from a, like a mental side, if you like, where you're, you're obviously, your fighter is, that's your craft, but from your fighting spirit as in what kind of even pulls you through every day, in that way, yeah. um, where does that come from? I think that strength comes from my parents probably because yeah. my dad's always been a hard-working person. My mum has been a hard-working person. I think it comes from seeing how hard your family had to work and also then seeing when you go to these poor places, like I've been to Pakistan and there's a lot of poor people there. Literally, they don't eat nothing. Like, it's like they're literally fasting every day and they're still pulling these big um, bags, holding these big bags of... Uh, the way, like, you can see the way of fortune and the holding them and dropping them off and delivery, like, you, it's very, it's, it's a very hard labour they're doing. And that's what makes me strong when I see them. I think if they can do it with no food in their stomach, with an empty stomach, they can do it with knowing that they're not even going to have food at the end of the day. They know that there's no 
nothing big they're going to get from this. They're only going to get a couple of pennies just to keep, keep, keep giving them maybe put a little bit of ration on, you know, put a little bit of food on the family's table. And they're still motivated, and they're still strong, and they're still pushing themselves. When I've got everything in life, why can't I push myself? And literally, that's what motivates me when I see people like that. Do you ever feel like you're having to fight demons in your head? Yeah, I mean, we all do. Look, someone who says they don't, they all do. Look, I've been knocked out, I've been put down, I've been hurt. I'm the only Asian that's become a world champion. Uh, I'm Muslim Pakistani. I'm, uh, I get hate from my own people and I still get hate from literally everyone. But, I mean, I get a lot of love as well. I mean, you could say probably 40% is probably hate, but 60% is love. But I think that gives me, yeah, emotionally it hurts me. Don't get me wrong, it hurts me. I'm a human at the end of it, you know, it hurts me. But I just, I just have to live with it. I just live with it and there's demons in there where I've, 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 uh, I've, I mean, the demons really like, no, nah, I mean, it's a tough one because you know, I said I'm going to change this. I got beat. I have to come back and train harder for it. When I was a fighter, this was. Even now, when I do something wrong, uh, working with this person, working with this person again, I never will touch them again with the barge pole. But then, I'm just that soft that I end up letting them off. I've made, I've had friends who have hurt me so bad and upset me and done me wrong. And I've still made up with them. And they're the demons I have in mind. That Why am I always letting them these people off. But maybe God sees that and that's one of the reasons I've come here. That's one of the, I, I, come, come, sit down. Uh, maybe that's one of the reasons, uh, that's, maybe that's one of the reasons God's always helped me and may, maybe um, been on my side, you know what I mean? But it's been tough, it's not been easy, man. Now, demons, everyone has demons, it's how you control them and how you, how, you, how you work with them. You, as a person, you, you, know, you fight for your, your family, your community, your country, etc. Who fights for you? Who's got your corner? Who backs you? At least the AC's coming. Open. No, no, don't open it. Don't open it. Because of noise. Who's got my corner? You know who's got my corner, to be honest with you? My corner, I think my close friends have my corner. My wife and my my, my friends are called Kaz. Kaz like me. Make sure you you send me. Yeah. So so to be honest with you, I mean, um, look, you can only count on one hand who you have, who you can hold, who you can, who you can... Who you can trust with everything. It's very hard, man, especially when you've done so well in life and you've, 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 um, it's hard to trust people. And um, yeah, I've only got, I could probably count on one hand and just about that as well, that these people are who I can trust with everything. Well, what's taught you that? The industry that you've, you've associated yourself with or things outside of boxing that's kind of taught you that? I think both, I think both outside of boxing and in the industry as well because. In boxing, I've learned to um, see that, you know, when you're winning fights and you lose a fight, everyone disappears when you lose that fight. And then they come back again when you win again. And in real life, it's when, in real life, it's like when, um, you know, if you have any, if you're going through some problems mentally, say with your family, for example, say with work, say, say that, then, then you realise that who is really with you and who is not with you. So yeah, I mean, I've, and I've seen it all, mate, honestly, from, from the top to the bottom, I've seen literally everything. Have you had people consistent in your life, though, that you've looked through kind of bad and good situations that have fought your corner and have been that, those people kind of that are standing behind you regardless of whatever situation in life you've been through? Yeah, definitely. My dad's always been there. 
To be honest with you, like, if I know for a fact that even though me and my dad have had ups and downs, and I think he's always got my back. Um, I used to think one of my, I used to think my uncle was like that as well, but obviously then kind of turned his back. And that hurts me. I think my brother's always there for me. Honestly, like, yeah, my brother's always got my back as well. My mom as well. So my internal family, because they will see me as their brother, their son, and they've got love for me. From it's real love, you know what I mean? They got for me. Whereas um, some family members. Yeah, get cold water. Get cold one. Yeah. Some of the family members really, um, you can't really trust everyone. But look, I think my family is really the close ones to me who I can really share everything with. Look, I'm not gonna lie, but like Farrell as well. Farrell is the backbone of everything because she has helped me with everything in my life, finances, um, and I have to give her that credit, man, because. What Farrell's done is that what not many women would do. She knew that I was going through a mental problem, messing about, I got caught cheating, I caught misbehaving. Um, I wanted to, to quit boxing. I didn't have the love for it. I was out partying like crazy. Farrell kind of kept calm and put me, on, put me back where I needed to be and helped me set my training camp up. I remember I didn't want to fight again. She's gone and set up a whole training camp for me because I want to bring that love back in the sport for you. And she did everything for me, whereas I thought, wow. You know, um, and she's always been there for me. Like, and I have to say, like, look, and she, the good thing about it is that, look, she gets a lot of hate as well from a lot of people because people always say that she's living off you, she's living off your money. But to be honest with you, she makes her own money and she only spends her own money. And that's where the respect is as well. Like, look, she's her own, she's her own, she's her own champion in her own way. So respect where it's due. I mean, look, me and the wife have ups and downs every day. Don't get me wrong. But she, I have to say, she is like a backbone of everything. She's got everything controlled and everything set. I mean, what's, what's the one thing that you've learned in your life that you will be adamant that you will instill into your own children? I'm not talking about boxing. I'm talking about life in general. Life what? in general. That I'm, I am a strong a person. I've been through thick and thin, and I've always... Um, I've always held my own and I've always made the right choices and always believe uh, I've always believed in God you know God's always helped me um, things have gone so wrong for me in life that God's always put me on the right path again so I always believe in myself and I know that there's someone up there looking down on me because I'm a good hearted clean person and I help a lot of the less fortunate people I help a lot of people out there and I think that also helps makes a difference and you know, if you do good things in life good karma good things come to you as well so I think everything that happens to me now on, I'm very spiritual as well. Whatever happens to me in life now is because of what I've done in the past or what I'm doing in life. Finally, Emir, think about this question. It's a very simple question, but think about it. What drives that fight within Emir Khan? What drives that fight every, every day throughout your whole life tomorrow? next week what drives that fight inside yourself you know what it's a good question and what drives that fight in me is see I never want to be poor I never want to have problems financially and that's been my drive after I won the world title before it was the world titles and it was being a, being, being, being a name in the UK showing people how good of a fighter you are after that was done, it was about then financially securing me 
for the rest of my life. I've seen too many fighters in, 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 and I've sat with too many fighters where they've told me the same story, where they've gone broke and they've been ripped off. Mike Tyson and Roy Jones and these other fighters, I've sat with them and they told me this story, sat with me next to me like this. I never ever want to be in that position ever. And I think, look, we are prize fighters and I've worked so hard. I've worked so hard that now it's time to relax and enjoy my life. Don't take no pressure, don't take no no headaches. I've made it clean. I've paid my taxes, I've paid, made my money. Time to relax now. I can enjoy my life. Forget what people think. People might think you're showing off, but no, they don't know the blood, sweat and tears I had to go through. They don't know the pain I went through. They don't know the problems in general life I went through by getting to this position because there's a lot of distractions. People are saying you're a world champion before you're a world champion. People treat you like a celebrity. People think you're wild. You are a celebrity. But I never let all that distraction get to me. I always stayed focused. And um, yeah, I mean, look, no, I'm in this position where I can retire. And that's why I, I don't love the sport no more because I've got what I wanted from it and I'm, I've left now. You know what I mean? Boxing's been good to me, but I'm, I can't be a fighter no more. I don't have it in me. And I'm glad that these last couple of fights were the ones that made me the most money I've made in my boxing career, and I can relax. That's cool. Okay, well, I'm here, listen, I appreciate your time. Um, yeah, just to, I mean, listen, I've been interviewing you for so long, it's just, it's interesting for me, even though it's been that long of a time of interviewing you, that... I hear different answers and a, a, like a different vibe from the interview where you're being a little bit more honest about things outside of boxing. Yeah. So that was the whole point of it, That's but it. I appreciate you doing it. No, no, definitely. And you know, sometimes, um, now when we try to fight, people should look at me as a person, the person I am. I'm the, all, I do all these TV shows and things that I'll be seen out and about. But the thing is, people need to see me as I'm Amir I'm I'm, I'm, I'm Khan now. I'm, I'm not the boxer, Amir Khan. I'm an ex-fighter. You can remember me from the good days, yeah, but see me for who I am. And I think it's good that you did this interview with me because people get to see the real side of me. And I'm just a real person, you know what I mean? I'm going to go now to watch the fights when I go back to UK. I'm going to watch the fights, be a fan, and sit ringside. I'm not... I'm not it used to be me going in the ring. And I can... I, I want to now soak up the atmosphere, like, what, what, what would have been, like, what, what I was missing when I was fighting. You know what I mean? So... It's time to enjoy that part of that and that chapter of life. Amir Khan, thank you very much, and uh, we'll catch you next week on Raw: The Fight Within. Take care. Thank you, bro. Sports Social Podcast Network.